you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's PACASO.com. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's going on, everybody? DJ Bucky here. Move the sticks. We continue on with our uh, our combine previews today, Buck. We uh, we put out episodes with the quarterbacks, the receivers, and running backs. And today we are going to flip over to the defensive side of the ball and talk about some of these defensive players we're looking forward to seeing. How you doing, man? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I, I think it's important because you and I have talked about defense and what we look for in defenders. And I think the overall theme when it comes to looking for defensive guys, man, speed, urgency, playmaking ability. Uh, right now, I think the premium is explosiveness. You have to find guys that are these explosive, dynamic athletes to be able to play defense because you no longer can just play with these power players. You have to be able to run. You have to be able to cover ground. you got to be able to go from sideline to sideline, especially if you're on the second level. And so it's just a premium on guys that are these competitive, urgent athletes. 
Yeah, so what we're going to do here, we're going to go kind of by position here, go through Bucky's top five list and sprinkle in a couple other names. And uh, what we're looking forward to seeing from these guys at the combine, what there is for them to prove. Um, and we'll kind of just roll through this thing, Buck. You ready to roll? Yeah, man, let's get to it. All right, let's, uh, let's start uh, with the defensive tackles, the inside guys here. Um, just kind of roll through your list here uh, of your top five, and I'll kind of chime in and what we're looking for there, and we'll throw in some other names. Go ahead. Okay, so I got uh, Derek Brown from Auburn, Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina. Uh, Jordan Elliott is probably a bit of a surprise for some people from Missouri. Ross Blacklock from TCU, and Justin Medibuke from Texas A&M pulls it up at five at the defensive tackle spot. All right, we, we, we start there at the top. I'm with you on um, on Derek Brown. He's a he's a rare player, man. He's a, he's just a big, talented dude. And when you think about kind of who he reminds you of, um, when I went back through and kind of looking at my notes and comparing them to some players that I've done in the past, in terms of the, the ability to dominate the effort that he played with, um, the ability to push the pocket and just kind of impact the game on a down-by-down -down basis. I put down Indomitian Sioux. Mm. Um, he, he does remind me a lot of him when he was at Nebraska. And, you know, kind of the best compliment I can pay to him is when you're doing the offensive lineman, I don't, I don't know that I saw an offensive lineman have a good game against Auburn uh, with Derek Brown in there. I mean, it, he, he went up against some of the best that you're going to see in this draft class and just physically dominated. And, um, you know, you get to the combine, I'm anxious to see how he moves around and how he runs. But, man, to be honest with you, I've seen enough. Look, he, he, is, he is a rare player, and I, and I think it's one of these things where when we talk about the top defensive players in the draft, I don't know if there's enough debate between Derek Brown and Chase Young. We've talked about Chase Young as an edge player. Uh, Everything that Chase Brown, Chase Young does on the outside, you can make the argument that Derrick Brown does on the inside. He dominates people. He dominates versus a high level of competition. He is able to create these disruptive plays that make you kind of go wild when you look at the tape. And you talked about Indomitian Sue, and I, I the other day we touched on it and I kind of talked about, like, I haven't seen uh, a big man throw bodies around, throw people around since Reggie White like he does. Like, he he literally throws guys out of the club. And I know we loosely throw that term in, like, hey, throw them out of the club. But literally, like, when you watch the LSU He's game, legitimately doing he, it. He yeah. is legitimately throwing people out of the club. And so uh, when we think about the way the game is played, if you can find someone on the inside that can disrupt it from guard to guard, Derrick Brown can do that. He changes the way quarterbacks will have to play when it comes to being a traditional player from the pocket. He is a, I mean, he, he's a disruptive force. He is a dominant player. I mean, we talk about throwing high grades on a player. I mean, this is a guy that deserves maybe one of the highest grades that you can put on a player because he is that dominant. Yeah, it's exactly who he is. We, we get to the next guy on your list. You have Kinlaw. Um, and Kinlaw, Look, the only negative I can say about Kinlaw is sometimes he played to the level of his competition. When they played up, you know, Bama, Georgia, every good opponent they played against, he was pretty dominant. Um, Uses his length. He's a physical freak. And when you think about, you know, comparisons and who he reminds you of, Buck, I went back in the Wayback Machine um, to one, one you'll know quite well is Marcus Stroud. Um, Ooh, that's yeah. who he reminds me of. Just six foot six, long, powerful dude. Yeah, like he, he, he is a unique combination of size strength power uh when you watched him down at the senior bowl i mean it was easy for him uh he wasn't challenged he, he just could do whatever he wanted to do the couple of days that he was there when you go back and you watch the tape you also see a dominant player you see a guy who has the length you see a guy who has versatility they play him anywhere up and down the line i actually believe he's an ideal five technique in a three four 
defense. I, I think when you, you look at the impact that Fletcher Cox has had with the Philadelphia Eagles, even though they have been more of a four-man front, I think he can do some of those things. I think he is a strong, strong, strong player at the point of attack, and I think he gives you a little added pass rush ability and dominance. Yeah, I think he. I don't know that I would even limit him, Buck. I think he could slide him up and down the line of scrimmage with everything that he can do. He's just a, a really, really gifted, uh, talented player there. All right, next one on the list, uh, Jordan Elliott, where I think teams are a little bit split on this one. Um, yeah. I, I've, uh, I've got a good grade. He was just outside my top 50. Um, that's kind of where I have him. He's a, he's a good player. I thought he was a second-round uh, type guy, but he does have some twitch. He can get upfield and, and disrupt, which is what you're looking for. Yeah, so I, I had him right on the line. Like, I had him had him had a second-round grade on him. I wrote down in my notes, boomer bust. Very talented, uh, but I, I, I questioned the production. Great movement skills, athleticism, balance, body control, very active with his hands. In fact, he was so active in his hands that I wrote in my notes, Mr. Miyagi. His ability to sequence um, <laughs> moves with his hands. He can wax on, wax off. He does a great job of, of winning at the line of scrimmage. And I think, man, in a defense where he can kind of play on the move, where they use angles and stunts and, and some of those things where he's not necessarily just two-gapping and playing straight up, he could be a, a, a disruptive force. What I really need to dig into, and I think what teams would need to dig into, is his background. Because he started off at the University of Texas. He transferred out. He has self-admitted to some of the immaturity that he may have displayed. Just kind of want to know where he is. But in terms of the physical uh, tools, he has a lot of intriguing physical tools that lead me to believe that he'll be a, a guy that is a, a day two. Maybe, maybe even someone likes him to the point where they talk about him on day one. No, I think he's in the mix for some teams uh, in the first round. There's some teams that really, really like him. And, and to me, like I, he, he might end up in my top 50 when it's all said and done. He's, again, one of those borderline guys. I want to see him in person, body type him. All we have is the estimates and all that stuff right now. Uh, single blocks, being able to stack, uh, shed, make plays, I thought he was outstanding. He got washed and, and flat-backed a couple times versus angle blocks and double teams. You know, I, I don't know if you want him in there two gap, and I don't mm -hmm. think that's going to be what he does, even though he's a bigger guy. I think you want him uh, to get upfield and use those hands that you were referencing there so I'm just curious Bucky's listed at 6'4", I'm anxious to see uh, you know that's one of the things about the combine we get these official measurables on these guys see really how big they are yeah the big thing is he's a guy that has come down uh, he was a guy that was as big as like 250 mm -hmm. or whatever. So to get down to 315, uh, he talked about changing his diet, uh, becoming more of a pescatarian uh, to eliminate some of the stuff that he was eating early in his career. And so, look, he looks good on tape. We'll see how he looks and, and how he performs at the combine. Uh, the next guy, Ross Blacklock, is one that you and I have talked about. I know you really kind of like him and what he does. What I saw yeah. when I watched the tape, a uh, big athletic guy, high motor, 100% effort. I love the way he ran and chased. I felt like he played uh, – from snap to whistle, good first step, explosive hands and feet. I thought he was an ideal one-gap penetrator because he was so active at the line of scrimmage. Uh, really good against the run. I liked his hands, the way he stacked and shed, um, all of those things. I, you know, I, th I think what has to happen is, like, look, people will say that the Big 12 hasn't produced uh, elite-level defenders. Uh, I just want to see what he looks like side-by-side side with some of these guys that we've seen playing the SEC and some of these other conferences. But on tape – He's a pretty impressive fellow. Yeah, he, he launches out of a four-point stance, man. He is down in that four-point four stance. It is like a track dude. He is ultra twitchy and explosive. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing is the injuries. You know, you've got the uh, Achilles injury that he had. Um, so you've got the durability question that, that lingers with him. But, man, he is ultra twitchy, ultra talented. And to give everybody – I should have done this at the top, Buck. But to give everybody an idea, as we did with the other positions, if you look at the top ten 
uh, interior defensive lineman in terms of sacks. Um, just looking at that in a pass rush league. Six four and a half, three hundred 300 pounds, uh, 33 and three-quarter inch arms, uh, a 50140, more importantly, uh, a 17210. Keeping an eye on that get off. That's the number. When you're, when you're watching the combine, you can sp- write that down for the interior lineman, 172. Um, that's the average of the top 10 pass rushers, interior pass rushers in the NFL last year. So that's the mark you want to hit. Yeah, and, and, and it is about, all about that. And, and while we're talking about the combine and some of the things that we're looking for uh, in drills and the athletic testing, the 10 time is everything because it is all start, get off. Uh, we will talk about with these defensive tackles and uh, pass rushers, your first step quickness. Can you get off? Are you cat-like off the ball? Do you anticipate it? Do you have re- reflexes? Do you have burst? Um, he has that, and I, th- I think it's, impor- it's important for those guys to have it if they don't necessarily have the size to be traditional two-gappers. You have to be able to burst and explode out of your stance and get into the cracks and crevices uh, at the line of scrimmage. All right, the next one you had, the, the final one on your list here is Justin Metabuike from, uh, from A&M. Strong, versatile dude, man. He plays up and down the line of scrimmage. He's got some real knockback. Uh, I thought he played with great effort, Buck. The, the, the knock that I had on him, he just needs a plan. He just needs a pass rush plan. Um, you know, doesn't know how to really sequence moves, and, and there's, some, there's just some polish that's needed there. But, man, you've got a really athletic, very, very uh, explosive player to work with. Yeah, it's funny because uh, in my notes, man, I have two different things, and I know you use multiple pins. I don't use multiple colored pins when I'm watching games because on one side, mm-hmm. on the left side, I got very good effort. Then on the right side, I have plays hard with two question marks. Uh, needs more effort and hustle. I felt like he was a really good player the <laughs> first time through and that he played uh, with effort. I thought he was rugged. Uh, I thought he was active uh, on stunts and games. Productive. I thought he had strong hands. Uh, you would see him do a little snatch move, a little button jerk to get there. But I wrote down in my notes, not polished, needs seasoning. Um, I kind of had him as a guy that was uh, a spot starter developmental player. Not quite, um, as you would say, like a top 50 guy, but a guy that maybe could be on the border yeah. like that, that, that second, third round category. Yeah, uh, it's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on there. Um, you go through and look at some of these other names on the interior, on the defensive line, Buck, just kind of maybe one or two more guys to keep an eye on. I, I'm anxious to see a couple guys, uh, uh, Loki Fotu, uh, Lucky Fotu from Utah, who is just a mountain of a man. We saw him at the Senior Bowl, and he you talk about a bull in a china shop. I mean, he is just he's just a big, big, powerful man, doesn't always know where the football is, but he's going to beat the guy in front of him. That happens uh, routinely when you watch him. Uh, I'm anxious to see just how how he tests it at the freakish size that he has. And then somebody that's kind of on the on the come up is Devon Hamilton from Ohio State, who I thought really put together a nice senior bowl week. Uh, we'll see if he can cap it off with a good combine. It's funny, man. I, I, I like Devon Hamilton um, when I watched him on tape. Uh, I, I liked his activity. I'm trying to get to where I wrote because I, I wrote down Rakeem Davis, Devon Hamilton. Here we go. Active interior defender, quick hands, good athleticism. I thought he worked really well at angles. Good motor, hustle. I liked his energy. I felt like he was a 100% effort guy. Um, it's funny because with him and Matt Bouquet, I uh, wrote down, look, this, this dude could be a solid starter, productive, effective. I gave them the same grade, but in my notes, I felt mm-hmm. like I was a little more comfortable with Devon Hamilton. Like, I, I just felt like I, I knew exactly what I was getting and that maybe he was a seasoned player, meaning that his ceiling is what it already is, but I felt like his floor 
is right where it's at. So I know exactly what I get him. I think he's going to be the same player that he was at Ohio State uh, in the pros, and I think I can bank on that if I bring him in as a second or third round pick. Look, he's going to be solid. I don't know if he's going to be a star, but he's going to be a productive contributor. Yeah, and he's somebody that I wrote down effort so many times in my notes yeah. watching him. Um, if he, the only thing is the guy did not get a lot of chance to rush because they have so many guys, they get big leads, um, and so he didn't get a chance to rush. And I thought at the Senior Bowl he showed he's got some more ability there as a pass rusher. That's why it'll be interesting, again, with the testing, uh, just to see how explosive he is because I think he has some upside as a rusher. Yeah, he does have some upside, and he didn't get many opportunities. I mean, you talk about uh, – four, five, six dogs, one bone. Uh, so many players on that Ohio State <laughs> pass rush, pass front that uh, you just don't have enough opportunities. I mean, you, you're fighting for an opportunity to get to the quarterback. It's just that good, especially when you got Chase Young kind of eating up all of the bones on the, on the yard. All right, let's get to the, the edge rushers here, and I'll give you the numbers here before you uh, roll out your list, Buck. Um, interesting. The, the top 11 edge rushers in terms of sacks, um, they all weighed in at 252-plus. Uh, they all did 16 to 25 reps on the bench, so that's kind of the range you keep an eye on with testing there. The average uh, size, 6'4 and an eighth, 266 pounds, uh, 33 and 5 eighths arm, uh, 4'7", 240 with a 16510, also a 7113 uh, cone. But uh, the 16510, again, is the number to keep an eye on. Yeah, first step quickness and burst. And as you get to the edges, it's all about your ability to get off the ball. Can you can you get out like a rocket? Can you turn the corner, particularly if you're a speed rusher? Uh, 266 is interesting because uh, I feel like that number has come down over the years. Like We used to always talk about looking for those four-man fronts, guys that were 300 pounds on the edges. And we've seen teams just give up on that and just say, look, man, I just need an explosive guy, a guy that can be dominant off the edge. If he is a little lighter in the pants, we'll deal with it on those early rundowns. But but 16 on the reps because it does speak a little bit to the strength. It's not necessarily functional strength, but it does speak to some of the pop that they may have in their hands. And then you talk about the 472, but really the 165, 10 time, your get off. The way yep. that you're able to put pressure on offensive tackles right away, it is critical unless you're just kind of like a bull in the China shop player. And we just haven't seen many of those power players register 10 plus sacks consistently in their careers. Well, we say sometimes that, that football players come in all shapes and sizes. And just looking at your top edge rusher list, Buck, um, oh, yeah. I think that never a truer statement than this. I mean, look at the different body types in your five guys, and you can just go ahead and roll through them. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's funny because when I look at edge rushers or edge players, I'm thinking about guys that I felt like were the most dominant when it came to getting to the quarterback, had sustained production, production that you felt like translated. So starting with Chase Young at Ohio State, um, A.J. Epinesa from Iowa, Yatua Grossmatos from Penn State, Terrell Lewis from Alabama, and then I finished with Curtis Weaver from Boise State. Chase Young, to me, was the easiest. Chase Young reminds me a lot of Julius Peppers when we had him with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, just easy off the ball. The game uh, just kind of comes to him. It's just very, very natural, the way he sequences moves, the way he plays, how hard he plays. Just a very, very dominant player. And to finish with 16 and a half sacks despite missing two games, it kind of speaks to the special nature of his ability as a pass rusher. Yeah, he's he's a special, special player. And uh, for my comp, just because it's more recent, you know, just 
Miles Garrett is going to be a player he's compared Easy. to. Um, I, I think they're different styles, but similar body types, you know, both athletic freaks. Miles Garrett bends a little bit better. I think Chase Young um, a little bit stronger. Uh, I think Chase Young, just in terms of effort and consistency, knowing what you're getting week in and week out, is better uh, than Miles Garrett if you if you just look at what you got from him each and every game. Look, it, good. I mean, good players, like really, really good players. And I think another good player uh, from the same conference is A.J. Epinesa. What I liked about A.J. is I just like the way he goes about his business in terms of working. And I know people will kind of say this is a kind of stereotyping, but I, I do really believe he's a hard hat and a lunch bell guy. He is a guy where I think his technique maybe overwhelms his talent, but he finds a way to consistently get it done. And when I, when I watched him play, I do believe he is <laughs> – I mean, look, he can play right defensive end. I think he might be better as a pro on the left side, but I like his hand skills. I like his toughness. More importantly, I just like his relentless spirit when it comes to chasing the quarterback. I felt like he did a great job of just outworking the people in front of him. I wrote down, really, I think you can do his scouting report in three words, Buck. Skilled big man. Yeah. It's like a basketball you know, analogy or evaluation yeah. when you look at him because he's just a, he's a big man, almost six six. Uh, he's going to be two hundred and eighty five pounds, and you know I don't. He might cut a little bit of weight for the combine. He's going to play at two eighty five. He doesn't have an elite get off, but he's got strong, powerful hands. He can flip his hips as a rusher. He can finish. He's got a variety of moves. Uh, to me, he is a high floor player. Uh, yeah, you, you might not hit a home run, but as we talk about, Buck, if you hit doubles, if you're consistently hitting doubles in the first round and guys that going to get to their second contract, you're on schedule. Yeah, look, I, I, I felt like it's funny you said he's a big skill player. Uh, I wrote down in my notes, worker bee, blue collar, 100% effort. Uh, I say very good with sequencing. I felt like he understands as a pitcher how to kind of paint the corners and eventually get the strikeout. He has a fastball. He has a changeup. He had multiple moves, great hands, and he was a power player. You talked about maybe the lack of elite explosiveness when it comes to being off the ball and that stuff. I think his technique or whatever enables him to play fast. I think he's going to be a really, really good pro. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, next one on the list. Uh, you've got an interesting one for me because I, I, I talked about this the other day. Every year there's one of these guys mm -hmm. um, where the first time through when I watch Buck, I just I'm, I'm not in. I'm, I'm just I'm not buying. And <laughs> what happens is you end up going through the process. You see these guys again on some crossover tape while you're doing other players. And then you hear buzz and you go, OK, man, I, I need to go back and do a little more work on this dude. And that, to me, was Gross Matos this year. Last year, it was Brian Burns for me, mm -hmm. uh, who the first run through, I just thought he, he played high. I didn't think he had any uh, power or strength to his game. It was all speed, and I got kind of a, a, a little bit of a Vic Beasley uh, vibe a little bit from him last year. And then you go back and you circle back, and you're like, you know what? This guy just knows how to rush. He knows how to, he knows how to finish. He's got the production to back it up. Um, so I ended up coming way up on Burns. And this year, I the same exact thing with this one, with, with Gross Matos. He was an acquired taste for me. Yeah, I can see why, because he is a long, rangy pass rusher. He uses his length and his hand quicks to win, uh, kind of a strider. And you normally don't see striders have a lot of success, meaning um, they're guys that are cat-like off the ball, like a Von Miller. There are other guys that are a little slower off the ball, but they win because they're able to use their length to get into you and around you. He is that kind of player. When I looked at my notes, I said, look, this is Jason Pierre-Paul all over again. Because when you looked at Jason Pierre-Paul at South Florida, I didn't see a guy that kind of popped off the line, but I saw a guy when he could sequence his moves and put it together, he could consistently get to the quarterback. 
I believe that is the potential of Gross Matos. Um, he may not wow you or dazzle you with his individual athletic traits, but he has some technical skills to go with what he does display that could enable him to be a pretty good player. The interesting thing, I'm anxious to see how he tests. That'll be one that I'm really keeping an eye on because when I go through my notes, and this is Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan when I watched him the first time, um, I have no twitch written down like three times, Buck. Mm-hmm. And usually, you know, like we talked about it with Epinesa. Well, Epinesa has got some power to his game. So to me, I'm not saying, you You know, obviously the elite guys have speed and power, and we get into hand moves and technique and all that stuff. Uh, but I've always believed you've got to have one or the other because everything kind of builds off your, your pitch, your number one pitch. What's your first pitch? Either speed or power, and you build the rest of your pass rush arsenal off that. He's really he's really about hands. He's about technique. Um, he, can, he can finish at the top. Uh, mm-hmm. He gets some of those effort sacks. I did think he plays hard. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he does not have elite power. He does not have elite twitch and get off. Yeah, like, and, and this is funny. I, I said he needs to be utilized on loops and stunts. He kind of has to have a little runway to get going, get into the quarterback. Uh, we'll see what kind of scheme fits him uh, where, where he belongs. Uh, I think this is where we probably should have the conversation about Caleb on chasing because I don't have him listed here. Mm-hmm. I kind of have him in a separate little category where he's kind of hanging on his own. Here's what I saw when, when I watched him. Ultra-athletic pass rusher. I wrote my notes. Speed, speed, speed. First step quickness and bursts. Uh, outstanding on stunts. Long A penetration. He's terrific. Very good closing speed. The big question that I had on him, I felt like he was a flasher, meaning you get blown away by the athletic traits. You see it but I don't know if the production matched the physical tools, and so I don't necessarily know what to do with Jason. Well, this is what I would say. Um, I, I like this kid, and I think when you go back and look at suffered an ACL in 18, so he misses that season. I thought it was it took a little bit of while for him to get going, although there were some splash plays in the Texas game early in the mm-hmm. season. But I thought he was one of those guys, the more you the more you saw him go through the yearbook, I thought you saw a more confident player. Um, you got in the playoffs. I, I remember which, which playoff game it was. It was a semifinal or the championship game. Um, go back and find my notes. But but he had some big-time, big-time plays in that game. I just look at him and say, okay, this guy's got size, length. He's got ex- incredible twitch, and he plays hard. We'll figure out the rest. Um, that's a heck of a platform to build off of. It is a heck of a platform to build off of. I, I, I just kind of skew more towards, I, I like to have a definitive plan for how we're going to use him. Look, he, he's fast and athletic enough that you can stand him up and make him be a run and chase linebacker. Maybe he can play even off the ball and do some of those things. Um, I do want worry about the side, and I'm not going to lie. I know I'm not supposed to scout the helmet, but, man, I just have these bad visions and dreams of Barcavius Mingo, who didn't necessarily have the same kind of snap, but uh, I just kind of worried about him in the same regard. I would like to see Chasen flash and show that he can dominate. He won't have an opportunity to do that before the draft, but uh, it's just one of those things where I want to tap into his mindset and see how he's built, how he's wired, and what are his goals at the next level. Yeah, I'm just kind of going through some of my notes here. Uh, Stand-up rusher, long, athletic, explosive. He wins on get-off and AA more than technique. Um, uh, He can stack or penetrate versus the run, which is some things I liked. But I I thought he was a lot more stout at the point of attack uh, than a guy like Mingo. I thought Mingo absolutely had to play off the ball. I think this kid can play on the ball. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I I know he's going to blow it up. He's going to be the buzz of the combine after he kind of runs and dazzles everyone. Uh, Another guy who has gotten some buzz, Terrell Lewis from Alabama. We had talked to him uh, a few times, talked to him on the podcast. He gave good insight as to what his mindset was heading into his final season. And he didn't deliver from a 
production standpoint. But if you go back a couple years uh, prior, like he he definitely flashes. He definitely shows some things. And so if you can get past the durability and the injury issues, I like the athleticism. I think he's kind of bendy the way he turns the corner. I like his quickness because he was explosive off the ball. Um, And then he's just long and rangy. Uh, There's always a place in the league for those that are like that. Just needs to elevate himself. No, yeah, he's – He's he's raw, man, and I wanted to see a little bit more at the Senior Bowl. I think Buck, when it's all said and done, he's probably bottom two, top of three would be my guess of kind of the the range of where he ends up going. Yeah, I think that you know comparing him with Chase on, I think Chase on just is a little more polished at this point in time. For sure, both guys are upside plays though. You're drafting them, you know what they can be more so necessarily than what they are right now. Yeah, no, I think I think for both of those guys, I think that's a, a very very valid point. All right, what, what's your last one here? Uh, Curtis Weaver. Curtis Weaver, man, I got, I've got i gotten some backlash. I, got, I even got some text from some of the boys on the road, like, man, what are you doing? But then when I look at this guy, when I look at Weaver, I think the thing where I'm attracted to is, like, I think he's a football player. And I think when, when you put up the air quotes around football player, meaning I think his combination of instincts, athleticism, awareness – enables him to have a sustainable amount of production that'll work in the league. Um, I know he's kind of a squatty body, a unique body on the outside, but look, man, his cat-like quickness, his explosive first step, terrific closing burst. He's a finisher. I just see play after play, game after game. He gobbles up quarterbacks from the backside. That says something. And then when you look up and he has 34 sacks in three seasons, he's the Mountain West Conference all-time leader. Jerry Hughes used to hold that record. Um, I just think there's something to be said for his sustainable level of play as a collegian. I just think it translates very, very well to the league. He's got a lot of wiggle. Um, he's really good at the top of his rush. He, you know, I don't think he has a big time, big time get off, but he's a skilled rusher. It's just, it's just odd because body type wise, there's no, I don't, I can't find a comparison, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't want. I'm not. I'm not trying to be a jerk. It just when you watch, like the when I watched him, I was like, it looks like rerun, like rushing the quarterback off. Yeah, no, like, I mean, it just is a weird it, look. It's, you it's know, a, it's, it's totally a, different. It's a bad build. It's 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 not it's not a it's not a great look. Like it just doesn't. By the way, do, do we date ourselves with? I probably dated myself a little bit with that reference. Oh, but a lot of people listen to nah, this. Nah, have nah. No What's idea happening? What's is. happening? Yeah. Maybe, but look, man, he, he's <laughs> dynamic. I, I I think it comes down to this. I think it comes down to. Are you are you grading the performance on tape or are you grading the physical specimen that walks through the door? Because if you grade a specimen, uh, it's not going to be impressive. But if you look at the tape and you're able to get comfortable with the way that he kind of owns it on the outside, look, I, I, I don't see why it wouldn't work with him. Yep. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, any other uh, edge guys you want to kind of highlight here? Let me go through. Uh, I mean, Bradley and I, I you know, it's going to be a big combine for him out of Utah because he's such a good football player, had a dominant senior bowl. The question is just kind of pure athleticism. So how does he test? What does he look like there? I think will uh, will be pretty important for him because, man, it, the tape is really, really good. Yeah, the tape, the tape is awesome. He plays hard, man. He plays like a grown man. I love the way he plays off the edge. Uh, there are a couple guys that have kind of become my guys in terms of what I like. I, th- I love him. Mm-hmm. And then there's a guy we'll talk about from Wisconsin, Zach Bond, who showed up at the Senior Bowl. I love the way that he plays on tape. I just like seeing guys play with effort and energy and find a way to consistently get some big some big moments, some splash plays, some disruptive plays. Um, I think he certainly does that, Bradley and I. 
the two the two guys that were not in my 50 last time that will more than likely be in the update that's coming out uh gross Matos, who we mentioned already uh but jonathan greener to me from florida i i i did him after the first top 50 came out he would have definitely been in my top 50 last time i love the way that kid can bend and move um he is a great great edge rusher stand up uh he's athletic enough you can drop him do some different things with him from florida but he's a, he's a good football player yeah man i thought i had some notes on the dude up in here uh trying to get to him uh, I did like him. It was funny because there's one one of the guys from Florida, the other pass rusher that I didn't like. Um, yeah, Zuniga. Zuniga's yeah, a little tight, but he's a good player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was I wasn't in love with him as much. Um, so it's interesting because I don't know where to put this guy, but Lynch, uh, James Lynch from Baylor. James Lynch for Baylor. Yeah, yeah, he's good, um, man. He, he's a good. Player. I put him as a, I put him, he plays on the edge, but I put him as an interior guy. Yeah, so I, I looked at him on worker B. I loved the effort, the energy. I thought he was a technician, very skilled with his hands. I thought he had really good strength and power. Bulldozes blockers at the point of attack. Um, I said, look, man, I think this guy's underrated. Rock solid. Uh, I gave him a pretty solid grade. Um, second round. I got grade, the same I mean. grade on him as I have on Jordan Elliott. Yeah. Oh, cool. Same thing. Both of them exactly the same in my book. I yep. have the exact same grade on both of those guys. Yep. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what ends up shaking out there. All right, let's keep the train moving here. Let's just go with some talk about some of these linebackers before we get to the DBs. <laughs> yeah, let's just talk about it. Isaiah Sims, Zach Bond, Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma, Patrick Queen from LSU. I saw your tweet. And Akeem Davis-Gaither from Appalachian State. Um, this was easy for me with the the first guy, Isaiah Simmons, man, you just look, just hand in the card. Uh, the reason you do that because he's so yeah. athletic, so explosive, sideline to sideline, chase ability, has tremendous versatility, whether it's out of safety or just kind of moving all around. The one thing I will say about that, when a guy is this versatile and this athletic, uh, coaches tend to want to like, oh, let's get him on campus, then we'll figure it out. I would encourage everyone in the yeah. building, hey, let's have a plan for him in place right now. Um, who gets him on the first day? Who gets him on the second? Like, have it all in place for him. And then, you know, find a way to kind of get him going and get him going early in his career. I just don't want to see people waste his talents by trying to have him do too much. He's fun, man. He's a he's just a rare talent with everything he can do. I mean, literally, in, play linebacker. He'll play in the slot. He'll play the post. Um, he's got instincts. He's got incredible burst. That, when I looked for Knox, the only thing I could say is he's not great taking on on the edge, but I don't, I'm not going to ask him to do that anyways. No, uh, let him run around and make plays. Again, I, every time – yeah, and I, and I just – from a, an experimental standpoint – and I know the Chargers have need at quarterback, and it looks like that's probably the direction that they would lean. But, man, Buck, I just – I would love to see Gus Bradley with a chance to have Derwin James um, along with Isaiah Simmons and just these two chess pieces. And you could even you could even keep, you know, your, your third safety out on the field if you want um, well, and, I th- and I th- with all three of those guys well, out I think, there. I think that, I mean, just that would be a – oh, what a, what a lab that would be. Well, I think there's something to that, right? So, DJ um, – a couple years ago when they stopped Baltimore, they kind of played with that that dime look, that three-safety look or whatever. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Simmons is unique because you can list him as a safety, but he's played linebacker. The same thing with Derwin James. To have two guys who are kind of interchangeable in the back end, uh, you talk about the flexibility of being able to just change your blitz packages without really changing anything, just changing, hey, Isaiah, you're on. Uh, Derwin, you're back. Derwin, you're on. Isaiah, you may be back. It just, man, just it would be a lot of fun. And I know that defense isn't one that has a lot of exotic nature to it, 
But I think any defensive coordinator can have fun with these kind of these kind of players Ooh. kind of moving around. I just think you have to have a very very clear plan and communicate it to them very early. Yeah. Anyway, he's a he's a rare special player. Um, you mentioned Bond. I think you talked about him a little bit already, Buck. With, with yeah. everything he can do, when we talked yeah. about some of the edge rushers. Yeah, I like. Uh, what about what about Murray? Let's get to Murray. So, man, Murray's a, a tough one for me. A little bit, DJ. Uh, I like the athleticism, the quickness. Uh, he was a sideline to sideline player. I thought he was a pretty good blitzer. He was instinctive, good cover skills, good eyes and reactions. And saying all that, though, I still don't know if he's one of those like top, top premier talents like, okay, when we talked about like a Devin White or Devin Bush, I, I don't see him in that same category. I don't see him stepping into the league and making an immediate impact like that. I think he can come in and start. Uh, I think he can make some contributions. But I didn't necessarily see a disruptive player, a splash player, uh, a dominant playmaker at the position. Yeah, I think he's a really good player, man. I, I just I, I don't think my thing is just some of the instincts inside. I don't, I don't put him on that same level as those guys we saw go in the top, you know, ten, top fifteen. Uh, but I think he's a first round player, and, and to me, he's off the ball, run and hit. I like to get him outside the box where he can see everything clearly, and then he can use that big time speed to, to burst and close and make plays there. Um, just kind of sorting through some of that trash inside. I didn't love that about him. Um, you know, not a. Uh, uh, you know, not a great take on player, but man, he can run, cover, and blitz, and that's that's a lot of the things you want in a linebacker today. I, he's going to torch the combine. I'll be shocked if he doesn't test outstanding. Yeah, he's going to test outstanding. I, I, look, I, I can't close because I'm going to talk about you guy from App State, but I want you to talk about Patrick Queen because you you tweeted about him uh, yep. last night, yesterday, or this morning, whenever it is. What did, what did you like about him? What was what was captivating? Well, he's one of those guys. I, I did him a while ago, but again, you're doing other players and you see them pop when you're watching other guys and, and Buck he just every time you watch him now this is a guy who wasn't even starting at the beginning of the year he's my 16th overall player um, he's just got incredible uh, change of direction twitch the ability to cover man cover instincts he has a pick against Alabama where he just reads Tua undercuts it and picks it um, he's uh, there's a play against AM where he he flat backs the guard, Buck. I mean, this is a big SEC guard, and this is little Patrick Queen, not a big guy, and just blows right through him. He's high tempo, and and I, I love this. We've talked about this. I think we talked about it more last year than we have this year, but it's kind of from our buddy John Gordon. Uh, I want energy guys, man. Mm-hmm. Who are the spark plug guys? Who are the energy guys? Who gets everything fired up? Who gets everything rolling? Who gets everything going? Um, I think you saw last year from the Super Bowl champs, look at the energy that Tyron Matthew brought to that Chiefs defense. Yes. Um, look at what Darius Leonard brought with the way he plays for the Colts defense over the last couple of years. I've seen it with Derwin James, what he brings. Uh, this, to me, is that type of a guy. He's a He's a fire starter um and so that's why i love his game and i posted that play the other day just to show he blitzes he gets knocked and i don't know how he keeps his feet buck against i think it was georgia and spins off of it without touching the ground and uh, ends up picking up a sack on jake Fromm. it just was another example of just this is a special kid look very 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 special um little concerned because he didn't play as a full-time starter, but the athletic traits and the, the explosiveness and you talk about the energy that he brings to the team, that that's very intriguing. And it's one of the reasons why he's going to be a top pick because when we talk about the way the game is changing and evolving, your linebackers have to be solid, even better than solid in coverage, and they have to have speed. He has both of those things. Yeah, and I think if you go back through, and I know you were talking about being concerned about having kind of a Barkevius Mingo wound with edge rushes from LSU. 
Ain't no wound for linebackers, buddy, because there has been one after another, after another, after another. And and some of those guys to kind of go off of, you know, kind of a Johnny mm-hmm. come lately didn't start, didn't play that much. Um, I mean, there was Quan Alexander. I want to say it was Quan Alexander. One of those guys at Deion Jones, Quan Alexander, one of those guys didn't even really get a lot of burn until his last year as a full-time starter because there is a long line of linebackers at that place. Yeah, I think it's Deion Jones uh, didn't get all of it. But, like, that's kind of the thing. Yeah. Like, you wait your year, you have a one-year audition, then you go to the league, and that's what they've been able to do. Um, I think it's interesting, the next guy, Akeem Davis-Gaither from App State. Uh, we've talked about it. It seems like everybody that we've mentioned at the second level – Speed, speed, speed. Explosive athlete, great, very good speed, quickness, and burst. Loved his instincts and reactions. Uh, back-to-back years where he had over 100 uh, tackles. He is just all over the field. And when you, when you pop them and you're looking at their team, you, you kind of distract it because he makes so many plays. He just runs around. He's all over the place. Good player, man. Just a really, really good player. Yeah, he gets to come off the edge a lot. They'll also use him out over the slot. Very versatile. Um, he's a really, really he, – he's just really rangy, man. When yeah. You, when you watch him against the pass and even against the run, backside plays. Um, I, You know, as a as a blitzer with a runway, um, he's a problem for running backs, man, because he plays with his hair on fire. He'll run right through you. Um, and that's – that's kind of the way he played, especially that South Carolina game was was big time. He's he's a really good player. I think probably the third round is probably his sweet spot. You know, maybe could sneak into two, mm-hmm. uh, maybe fall to four, but I think the third round is right where he goes. Yeah, no, I think that, I think that's it. I think that's that's a nice a nice uh, landing spot for him, and I think that's where you start seeing the athleticism, the speed. You'll see all of those highway speed guys go. He's a good player, runs around, makes makes a ton of plays. Look, he had a nice career at App State. All right, uh, a couple of the guys I want to mention here. Uh, Logan Wilson from Miami or from Wyoming is a really, really good player. 6'2", 240 pounds. You talk about the ability to cover. Um, he's outstanding in coverage. I think he's going to be a second-round pick when it's all said and done. Uh, Malik Harrison, I gave the same grade to him uh, from Ohio State. Buck. Mm-hmm. These guys are both 6'2", plus, 240 plus, and they can both cover, uh, which is, to me, is pretty darn impressive. Yeah, very impressive. It's, it's just hard to find guys that can kind of check out the boxes, hit, run, and cover. It seems so simple, but it is very, very challenging and difficult to do when these guys are not necessarily playing on railroad tracks. They, they're dealing with these guys that can move and get all this stuff out. But, I look, I, I get it. I understand it. It's, a, it's just an interesting phenomenon. Interesting phenomenon looking at all the speed. Yep. On the all right, let's get, to, let's get to the secondary here. Here we go. Let's go through it quickly. Uh, Jeffrey Okuda. Trayvon Diggs, Christian Fulton, C.J. Henderson from Florida, Cameron Danzler from Mississippi State. We've talked about Akuda on multiple occasions. I kind of see him like a Stefan yep. Diggs type player, just rock solid. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is the one that I want to spend a little more time on. Long, rangy, uh, a guy that was a big-time wide receiver recruit in high school, has only played the position maybe two, a little over two years. Uh, he just gets it, though. He challenges guys. He can play off. He can play with technique. He has the ability to walk up and press. We won't see him press much this year, but he can do all those things. It's just they just hadn't been able to just necessarily, like, I mean, it's just it's just he's just the next one uh, to fall in line. He's the next one coming out of Alabama. I just wonder if he's going to pop when other guys haven't. Yeah, he's to me comp wise, he's Akeem Talib is who he reminds me of. Ooh, you know, Akeem Talib didn't blow up the forty. That's not who he is, but that he's just a big, long with with outstanding ball skills and instincts. And I just think he's a you know the Seattle scheme. Um, you look at that that where where that is around the league right now at a handful of teams. Um, they're going to covet the way he plays because you can sit there and play cover three with him all day long. Let him just make play after play after play. 
Yeah, look, he, good player. Good player. The, the, the guy that I want to go to, and, and Lance has had a little bit of a love affair with uh, Cameron Dansler. I'm now officially on board with that. I like him, man. The more I watch him play, the mm-hmm. more I really like him. I, I like the length. I know he's a little slender and skinny for some teams' taste, but he is competitive. He doesn't back down. He makes plays. He'll make tackles. Um, he's wired the right way. Uh, a little bit kind of reminds me he's he's taller than, but Tredavious White was very similar to, to that in, in my estimation in terms of how he played, just kind of solid, uh, did things the right way. I think Danzler does that. He's just a little bigger, just a little little bigger pack, package. Yeah, he's still on my he's still on my circle back list. So um, I did a couple games early on him in the process, and I'm trying to crank through to finish up all these guys for the combine. So I probably will circle back on him after the combine because I just watched Lafayette and Southern Miss um, uh, with a couple early games, and um, I saw the movement buck. Um, I thought there was a couple bad habits that I thought he could clean up, including just kind of his feet widening and press, which is just kind of a pet peeve where guys can get off mm-hmm. off kilter a little bit there at the line of scrimmage. But he's very fluid, um, and I thought he was plenty fast enough. So I, I'm going to go back after we get through the combine. He's a circle back guy for me. Yeah, good players. Let's move to the safeties. Safeties, uh, and, oh, hold on, before we move to safety, any other cornerbacks that you want to talk about at Target? Like, because this is a pretty deep, yeah. pretty deep class. Uh, there's A.J. Terrell from Clemson. Uh, we hear people talk about him. Uh, I feel like he's a little handsy, grabs and clutches a little bit, but he has some talent. You can't deny the athleticism. He can run. Um, just would like to see him uh, be a little more polished and refined before he decided to come out. Yeah, I still like him. I, I think he's a good player, man. He's 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 tall, lean. He can play a variety of techniques, which is nice. Um, he's got vertical speed. I thought he was a little bit sticky when he had to gear down and come back downhill. He, he's an outstanding blitzer. I think the toughness is there. Uh, I think you got a lot of things you can work with. Um, the, the the other guy I want to just mention here because there's a lot of heat and a lot of buzz on the Auburn corner, and that's Noah Igben. I don't even going to try the last name yet. I don't have the pronunciation in front of me, but uh, mm-hmm. he former track guy was a wide receiver there. Ended up moving to corner. No interceptions this year, Buck, but he plays inside outside. He is he is unbelievably twitched up. He is going to test like a freak. He's obviously got the track background. You're going to see that. Um, I just, the guy's always in phase, which is, you know, in scouting, we talk about being in phase, always mm-hmm. being in the right position, not not giving up any separation. He just struggled to play the ball, man. And against LSU and Alabama, which are big time, big time wide receivers, um, he struggled a little bit finding the football, even though he was in, in pretty darn good position. And that just, that to me is a, that I, is an uh, unforgivable I, sin for well, corners that can't find the ball. Well, I don't know if that can be developed or taught. Uh, some people just kind of have it. Yeah. Uh, he may get better in being able to create uh, breakdowns and knockaways. I don't know if he will ever be at a point where he can uh, be a natural interceptive. So he may end up with three or four picks on the year, but it may just be because the ball hit him dead in the chest. I don't know if he's a go-getter playmaker. Yeah. Um, and so that, that that makes it tough. But when you take a track athlete and a former wide receiver, if he's fast, twitched up, and tough enough, he's going to get a chance. So he may go higher than most people imagine. Oh, he's going to go. He's going to go. Yeah, he's going to go high, man. And, and kind of looking at your list, I think C.J. Henderson, he's going to put on a show from Florida. You have him as the fourth guy. I think yep. when it's all said and done, Buck, in terms of when they go, he's going to be the second corner. I'll be very surprised if he doesn't end up being the second corner to get picked because it was just his his tools. Man, he is a terrible tackler, and that's my only concern with him. But, man, that dude can move, and uh, he is fluid and fast. And he can find the ball down the field. 
Yeah, I mean, look, he, he can move. He, he's super athletic. He, he does a great job. He's been down there in the swamp kind of getting it done. So this is a year where I don't know how many of those guys deserve what we call those marquee grades outside of Okuda. But I do believe yeah. when we talk about kind of like that middle section from 25 to 40, I think we'll see a number of corners hit a name call. Last one that I just want to mention here because he's just a fun player, and Lance uh, was on him early, uh, Amik Robertson. Actually, our buddy Rhett, yeah. um, who did uh, some Louisiana Tech games, was on him early. 14 career interceptions. He's going to be under 5'9". He's going to be 185 pounds. He's pr- I'm hoping he runs in the four fives, Buck. He's not going to be real fast. But this guy is like a mini – he's like a, a, a knockoff version of Pac-Man is who he is, who is just – unbelievably instinctive there is no hesitation no pause in his play he's he's an off coverage he will pull the trigger and go make plays big hits he's he's played outside and inside he's going to be a nickel that's what he is obviously at that size but there's a play against uh, texas colin johnson that's six foot six wide receiver and here's this five eight corner that's walked up on this six six receiver buck and he choked him he yeah. absolutely choked him at the line of scrimmage i was like whoa two-hand jam and he didn't go anywhere look you like that when you, when you talk about these smaller guys are, are they feisty? Are they physical? Are they competitive? Will they challenge the bigger guys on the perimeter? He does that, and he does it in a very physical fashion. The fact that he has 14 interceptions, that is a big selling point for me because if you're going to be a great turnover machine in the league, you got to show me that you can make turnovers in college. He can do that. I would say ignore the 40 time that he puts out. Focus more on the effort and the production and performance that he put on tape, and I think you'll walk away impressed. We've seen this happen numerous times where people elect to go for the more explosive athlete. It's one of the reasons why Honey Badger Phil. It's, it's another reason why Chris Harris yep. was an undrafted guy. Look at the guys that play really well on tape because he is one of the best players on tape that we'll find in terms of playing the position and understanding where he kind of fits in the defense. All right, roll through your safeties here. What we got? Safety, Xavier McKinney, Grant Delpit from LSU, Ashton Davis, who we talked to on the podcast from Cal, Cal Duggar from Lenore Ryan, and Antoine Wingfield Jr. from Minneapolis, from Minnesota. So Xavier McKinney is the top guy for me. Xavier McKinney is there because I think he's a box safety with instincts, awareness. He can get everyone lined up. Uh, a guy who is a playmaker against the run, don't really know what he would do against the pass. If they pass him up and he has to take a ring job, I don't know um, kind of where he, he fits in that, but I think he can drop down in the box. He can do some very creative things. You want to make sure you maximize and use his blitzing ability off the edge. Man, X-Man has a lot of intriguing tools. I just don't think he's a guy that you can put at the top of the Christmas tree and make him and, and depend on him to be able to make consistent plays from the middle. Yeah, look, he, he plays some nickelbacker. He's outstanding communicator. They rave about his intelligence um, underneath range, Buck. I think that's where he is best suited. But I go back to uh, something that, that uh, we had a scout school in Baltimore with somebody that had come from New England and did a presentation on safeties. And Bill Belichick, kind of like Bill Belichick's rules on safeties. And number one on the list, Buck, you cannot play with dumb safeties. You can't. You cannot play at a high level in your defense with dumb safeties. And Xavier McKinney and Delpit right there at the top, obviously Ashton Davis, and we've talked to Kyle Duggar, and I'm sure Mm -hmm. Winfield, uh, based off his his heritage there with his dad, 
all these guys on your list are all highly intelligent football players, which bodes well for them. Yeah, look, it, it, it's, it's a huge part of the position because, like, really, you know, in essence, people talk about the Mike linebacker, but the safety, one of those safeties, he's free or strong, is the communicator. He is the traffic cop. He's the quarterback of the defense. And in a perfect world, you have a free safety that sits in the middle, and he's able to get everyone right because he has full vision. Um, so when we talk about the importance of having high IQ, great instincts, that's the difference between, in my estimation, the good ones and the great ones. The great ones combine great physical ability with exceptional intangibles and football character. I think all of these guys have that football character. Some of these guys are just missing a little piece here or there that kind of prevents you from putting a big grade on them. Yeah, and I've got uh, – i that's what I've got left to finish up here is some safety. So I have not seen Winfield yet, but I'm uh, I'm with you on these on the order of these other guys. I've got – I think I have Duggar one spot over Ashton Davis, but they're they're real close to each other. But those guys are, are right there, and they're all uh, rock all solid football players. I'm looking yeah, forward to watching good. Winfield. Yeah, a lot of good players, man. Really excited. The combine is loaded. We talked about the draft class. We talked about the depth of this class. There are a lot of good football players. And I know some years we oversell that because – because it's also a TV show, but not this year. There's some really good players in this draft. No, it's going to be fun to watch. I hope you guys have enjoyed our little previews here. Uh, offensive line, I guess, is the one position we didn't really uh, hone in on. Offensive line, maybe tight ends. But uh, it is a deep group of offensive linemen and tight ends. Trust me, you're going to want to tune in to see those guys. Uh, I'll try to give you a little bit of a feel here for some of these other positions over these episodes. So, um, Oh, wait. Hey, Nabil, are we going to release? Are we doing a tight end in uh, O-line preview? Uh, yeah, the combine? We, yeah, we will next week uh, on Tuesday. I'm pretty sure. Okay, okay. There, we're not we're not leaving it out. Then I was just trying to think of the schedule here, and I guess we are going to squeeze in one more uh, combine preview here. Uh, anything else you want to add, Buck? Before we get out of here? No, man. This is great, man. I just love talking about these guys. I I feel like I'm almost ready. A couple more guys to put some notes on, but almost <laughs> ready for the combine. Yeah, we're almost there, buddy. Uh, all right, thank you guys so much for listening. Appreciate you guys leaving us leaving us uh, some of those reviews on Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, those do help spread the word. And if you have questions for us, you can drop them in the review there, and we will eventually get to them, we promise. Uh, but that's going to do it for us today. Thanks to Nabil for producing. Uh, great to be with, uh, with Bucky as always. We'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. 
Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. Right, let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> you can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Oh, oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.